What's good, friends? What's good, RFEB family? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome to Rooting for Everybody Black, the Black Entertainment Podcast. Of course, this podcast is dedicated to embrace, recognize, and give that strong recognition to our Black actors, Black directors, just predominantly black casting and so on that happens in movies and also tv shows so of course my name is christina but you all can call me chris and i am your host for this channel original chris yes sir all right though what our topic is for today is the movie Blackula. <laughs> we're heading into the spooky season of October and we're talking about Blackula. So if you have not seen the film, it's okay. It's an older film, so I understand. Um, but if you're interested in watching it or if you may start it and may not finish, just let you know there are spoilers ahead and I will be talking about the show, about the film. From beginning to end. But make sure to stay tuned just to get the full synopsis. But alright, let's go ahead and dive on into this. Hey, hey. Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Everybody black. They say this is a big Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shift, 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 shift. Yes, that's me. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I never took a straight path nowhere. Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers. It's hard to get a start. Yeah. I don't know if you are, but I'm excited to talk about Blackula. So. Before I dive into the synopsis, give our quick re re remix outline, our review, and of course our rating of the show, we're talking about our, our favorite, favorite part. part. The part of the episode where we're going to just talk about a part that stood out. So, for Blackula. A part that I enjoyed the most of the whole film was the band. The band was the Hughes Corporation band. Um, this is like a 70s band. And they were playing a song. I believe the song is There He Is Again. So they was playing this during the movie. I'm sure they had a, a section of maybe five minutes or so. They were playing in this club. They was rocking and rolling and killing this song, of course, as everyone's in the club. Uh, more of a sit-down club lounge area and mingling and so on. But I enjoyed listening to them, watching them. It made me want to get up and groove. I did not, but it just made me want to. It, it really was an enlightening part of this movie. So that was my favorite part. But... Let's go ahead and move into the did you know the did you know section 
where I teach you a thing or two or remind you something that you may already know. So, for the did you know section, we're starting off with some general knowledge about Blackula. Blackula was released August 25th, 1972. This film was part of the genre of fantasy, horror, romance, and thriller. The director was William Crane, and it did receive an award for Best Horror Film at Saturn Awards. That's great. Hey, hey now. Now, I would say some good facts to know about Blackula. Blackula is an old, old, old school film. This film was released, like I said, 1972, so it's in the early 1970s. There was no black horror films at this time. And there was also no horror films that was filmed by a black director. So Blackula was the first to set it out for many black horror films. Hey, hey. Awesome. Now. Blackula is also part of that era of black black exploitation. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but black exploitation, where basically that's an era of films, black films that were made quick and cheap, primarily black casting, with primarily white creative teams. Black exploitation also was marketed to a young black audience. It also features strong techno shit heroes and then also anti-hero. So not always good and not always bad. But they also had, nevertheless, black male lead actors. So that's that's about the black exploitation era and also knowing a bit that Blackula was a part of it. Especially as the black first black horror film with predominantly black casting. That's what's up. Another thing to know: while watching this film, you, I'm, I'm not gonna get too carried away for the outro, but I do want to let you know of another fact. And another fact was the actor who played Blackula. He, while he was in this film production stages, the actor William Marshall, he is Blackula in this film. He worked with producers. To make sure his character has some dignity. His character's name was changed from Andrew Brown to Mamadet. And received a background story about being an African prince who had turned into a vampire. He wanted to make sure he's embracing in not only dignity, black culture, African culture, but just to have some representation especially to be, you know, the first to set set the path, set, set some way for black horror films. And not just any ordinary black man off the street or any of that, but just have some dignity behind this character, some morals and values, and take no shit. So that is some great facts to know about Blackula. Now, we're going to talk about the quick, Read, 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 read
where I give my take, my synopsis, my little ratchet outline of the film and kind of explain it maybe if you have not seen it before or if you have seen it, but just a reminder. So for Blackula, what went down? Man, for Blackula, it is taking back in the 18th century. And in this time, there is an African prince and his princess. They're traveling to Americas to meet with Dracula at his castle. Why are they meeting with Dracula? I don't know. Maybe they think he's the leader of the country. I don't know why specifically Dracula. It did not give too much take on why Dracula. And maybe because he knows a lot about mythology and vampires and so on. Maybe he thought he was the leader. Don't know. But what I do know is that they met with Dracula at his castle. And they met with him at the purpose to end the slave trade. That's That was their point. To come to agreement to end the slave, slave trade because they want better for their people and they just not they don't want part of this no more so dracula tells them that um he likes slavery <laughs> and simply because i'm sure he's a vampire and everyone that he sucks on their blood becomes his slave in a sense so he likes slavery and then also he's a white white uh, vamp and a white man and in general he just seems to like slavery and the way he was talking about prince moande's wife like he wanted her too but yeah they got offended of course and he was like all right it's time to go we about to get our stuff and go and dracula was like oh now nah, you're not leaving you i have you all to myself and he got his um goons on him and they trapped him turn Prince Mwande into a vampire and then also stuck them stuck him in the coffin in his secret room and then put his wife in that secret room as well did not turn her into a vamp but just killed her off in a sense so that's the first part then after that, we see that Dracula, or not Dracula, Blackula, excuse me, Blackula, is soon to be released as it's about 200 years later. And there are a couple of interior decorators coming to this house. They are shown the secret room and they want to keep his coffin. They bring it to LA and Blackula is released as they're opening the lock and his friend or well, his boyfriend uh injures himself and he's bl got blood coming out and blackula is like this is my time <laughs> this is my time and he ends up you know hungry for blood of course because it was 200 years later he gets them and he gets everyone else not everyone in la but he gets quite a few people but in that time he sees this woman that resembles his wife and he's on a pursuit to get his woman and while that's happening, we also have investigators and the doctor. He is his role as a pathologist and he's trying to find out who's killing all these people. And this is not no normal murdering. 
So there's a lot that's going on there and they end up finding that it's Blackula. So that was basis of the whole movie. Blackula trying to get his woman and he mm, succeeds and fails at the same time. He gets her, the his wife, but just in the new era, but it fails because she ends up getting killed. And yeah. And he ends up getting he ends up killing himself going to the sunlight. But that's the main takeaway of the film to really know what this film is about. So let's go ahead and move into my favorite, favorite part of the episode, and that is the good, the bad, and the oh the section of the episode would I take away the parts that I can know that were pretty good of the film. Things that were bad and, you know, they weren't, they weren't good. But the ugly section, to explain that, that's the part of the gray zone. The parts that may have not been either good or bad. Or they could be petty or just mischievous, however you want to define it here. So. For the good section, here's some things that I had to take away. For my good section, I would say that Blackula is an African prince. Prince Mwande. I hope I'm pronouncing that word. Mwande. But I like that, for one, that it has some character. It has some depth behind his character and some passion that he's not just some ordinary black man. He is a prince. I mean, he could have just been from Africa and I would have probably been happy about that too. But he is a prince and he brought his princess. And even after he dies, he still treats his new woman as a princess. And to give real quick fact, because I may have skipped over this, but to give a quick fact over here of the characters, real quick, William Marshall is the one who played Blackula. He also goes by the name of Prince Wanda. But Blackula was given by Dracula. That's what he called him. Next, we have Bonetta McGee. She plays Luva and Tina. We have Thomas. Rasula, he plays Dr. Gordon Thomas. Dennis, Denise, Nicholas, and that's played by Michelle. Or she plays Michelle. But all right, back to my good here. I like the death behind this character. And then that's also part of the fact that it was cool to learn that he wanted to be more than just any old black character. And for this to be a black horror film, he's really set, they're setting the way. So I really like the depth behind it and an actual story to tell. Another thing I like, of course, was part of my favorite part, but was the band, the Hughes Corporation playing. I really enjoyed the musical aspect to the film. Another thing I noted here was, and it kind of goes back to point one, but Blackula's standards, his values and morals, just having those in place. And that 
the significance of his princess to him, his queen. He felt that he was nothing without his queen, nothing without a strong black woman. And when his wife, Tina, died, because they killed her, the police, uh, the lieutenant, and then the doctor, which was her brother-in-law, I believe, they killed her um, because that was his, um, I wouldn't, that was just his heart and his soul. Without her, he's nothing. And that's what he felt, and that's what also he mentioned. So I liked his values and morals to that. He also, I don't think he was planning to kill her just right in that moment, but he only did it because he felt like he needed to. She was going to die off because she got shot by a gun, a bullet hit her, and that's the only reason why. But he wasn't quick to bite her and kill her and turn her over to a van. Like, unlike all the other ones he has done. So, that was something. That was something to note. And the last thing I had to note for my good section here was the predominantly black casting. For our first black horror film, predominantly black casting is great. There's a lot of recognition. That is a lot of getting a lot of actors, black actors, a seat at the table. And I'm really happy about that. Now, for my bad section, I decided here, and I'm doing something different than I did in the last few episodes, but for this bad section, I decided to combine it with my ugly. And the reason why I did this is because it is an older film, and some things I felt that it meshed with both. So that's why I put it in the bad and ugly section and you could define each one how you want to take it. But for this bad and ugly section, I'm going to go ahead and start with my first one. My first was about Blackula being released from a 200 year long imprisonment. I don't know why the film decided they wanted to do it for 200 years. Maybe because they know vampires can last so long. But my thing here was does not does vampires need to eat in order to survive they need blood to survive can they sleep like bears and hibernate for 200 years not wake up and no not need food i i don't understand vampires that much but what i do understand is that no matter what you are you're going to need some type of way to survive food water something and they need blood. Vampires need blood. So how could he survive about 200 years and still make it out? Another thing I noted, just about the 200 years note, was we see once he come, like once he is released from the coffin. Now, the coffin's unlocked. He bumps into Tina. And he's like, yo, this looks like my wife. And then the next day, he's at the club with them. And he sits at the table. He returns her purse that she actually dropped. And he was on the chase, chasing after her. And he meets with her at the club and so on. And it's her sister's birthday. And I guess she hired a photographer or that's her friend or so on. But she's taking pictures of them at the table so she got some birthday pictures 
and he knows what this camera is as soon as the picture flashes the camera flashes he's gets he gets up and i gotta go i'm ready to go i gotta go and so on i think it's crazy that he automatically knew besides like you having your strong intuition and you know what you're hungry for but knowing what a camera is and knowing that i gotta get up and go or like he didn't really have many questions about his new body his new lifestyle like he just woke up and he was just like i know what i am and i know what i'm doing he didn't i mean nothing that was said but it was just like strong i guess strong intuition he knew everything he knew what a camera was even though he's been you know sleep for 200 years so that that part amazed me but another thing for me was how easy it was once he ran into Tina, Prince Moana. Once he ran into Tina, how quick he was able to get her to fall in love and be under his spell, in a sense. She, I guess this is the part that goes into I do not know too much about vampires. So, like, vampires can cast a spell, hypnotize you, in a sense, before they bite you. That's the part that gets me confused. I mean, I watched that movie. Um, I can't remember it. But I watched a different vampire movie, and I don't recall them casting a spell. But either way, it was just like, I guess because she... Is a new era. She's just like her ancestors. She's a new era of Luva. But this is Tina now. This is new Tina. Or new Luva. But for somehow she was already, you know, amazed. And she just had the, I guess, strong intuition. Like, I need to be with you. I'm, I'm supposed to be with you. You are my man. You are my soulmate. It was already there from the beginning. The moment he had brought that purse to her and she was just like, I have to be with you. I have to be with you. And maybe this is why I don't, I don't watch Twilight. Maybe there is a spell. Because that, the same thing happened in Twilight and whatever her name is, she went with the vampire instead of werewolf. Don't kill me because I ain't really watched Twilight and all the other ones. But I just thought it was funny. And... She was not phased that to know that he was a vampire. She didn't even release his secret when they were like, she's family members with the best the pathologist who's also investigating, trying to figure out what's going on around town. She didn't even snitch on him that he's the vampire. She kept it all secret. She was a real one. But other than that, I guess I, I, for me, I already unsure too much about vampire and it hit my t hypnotization and being able to get people under their spell even without biting them so maybe i need to do a little research on that but how quick she was she was like i i'm here for you i'll do anything for you yeah i don't know i don't know sweetie but another thing i had to do was something i saw and maybe i would say and call these oopsie moments was how long it took for people to turn vamp. Maybe it's different for everybody. Maybe it depends on your body weight. 
you know, your height, your age. I don't know. But what I do know is that I noticed how the first people that got bit, and maybe it, it depends on how many people you bite, but the first few people that got bit, it took them a few days. Like, the first people that got bit was interior decorators, Billy and Bobby. That's funny for names because they're very simple and they're the first characters to really be seen after Dracula and Blackula. But they're the first people to get bit and it took them a few days. They had a funeral and everything. And then as we see, as the movie keeps going further, everyone that gets bit, it takes a little less time. And the last person that got that turned the quickest was this police officer. And he did not get bit by Blackula, but he got bit by Blackula's other vamps, his victims. And his former, I guess, house or whatever, um, the warehouse that he was, ha he had his coffin in originally, which is where Billy and Bobby had it. But the victims bit the police officer and he turned in like i mean movie time maybe five less than five minutes i mean their time i don't know maybe like an hour or so but he didn't take long to turn versus days so that's the only part that gets me is just like how long does the tur turn to turn uh, take the turn uh, yeah that that part confused me for sure so Another, I would say some oopsie moments. And we're going to talk a couple about the taxi driver. And her name is Juanita. Juanita, like I said, she's a taxi driver. And as she was driving, this was at the, the night that Blackula was released from his coffin. He stepped outside. He saw his wife. Although that is not his, you know, that was his wife from his past life. But he saw someone that resembled his wife, and that was Tina. He saw her. He was trying to chase after her. She was running, of course, and he ran in front of a car, got hit, and that was Juanita. He's like, boy, are you crazy? <laughs> and she just, she offended him by calling him boy boy <laughs> then he turned all vamp and stuff and then yeah of course he bit her but for her of course they you know police got to her and she's in the morgue or so and they put her in a deep freezer and when it comes closer to the end of the movie, the doctor calls the morgue and he asks to bring her out because he wants to show his boss. He wants to show the lieutenant that these are vampires. These aren't regular murders. These are vampires and watch her come back to life. So he asked the morgue since he's on his way to please take her out of the freezer and let her thaw but make sure to lock the door. He's like, okay, lock the door, lock the door. I will lock the door. And guess what? The morgue dude gets a call and then he gets distracted and forgets to lock the door. 
So Juanita thaws out, but before she thaws out, she's wearing a gown that goes under her armpit. So it's just like one of those kind of like sundresses that stop right here and they're all the way below. So it's under her armpits and below. And she's wearing that. And the next thing you know, she thaws out and course the the thrill the the horror sounds coming you know beep wee or whatever not wee wee but the horror sounds are coming out and her outfit changed as she's running you realize that it's not that same gown no more she's got on like a regular hospital gown it looks like and the one that goes over your shoulders so you see that small difference and I thought that was funny. But another Juanita moment that I have to mention was Juanita, how she was she got killed from the sunlight. This is when she was a vampire. So of course she already killed the morgue dude, but she found her way back to her her little bed she was on that she was dead from. She has the cover over her and everything. So the doctor makes it over there as well as the lieutenant. And they walk over to there and then they pull her off, pull the uh, the sheet off of her. And she's trying to scare them and I'm sure try to bite them. But as they do that, he opens the blind and he also has his cross off. But what's funny is the doctor and lieutenant were driving over there to the morgue at nighttime. Not during the day, but night. And by the time they get there, you would assume that it's still nighttime. But they open it up. It's not even really bright because you know when it's daytime, it really shines through your apartment, your room, or so on. But he opens the blinds. You know it has to be like some you know, stage light or something that's outside the window because it does not add up. And it's not that bright. But either way, they, he opens the blinds and she's like, ah! It reminds me of the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. And she's just on the floor screaming. And she's done for. <laughs> but it was just funny that you know it's not daytime. This is nighttime still. But you got to do what you got. Especially if you have little time and little money. One other moment I had to talk about here too as an oopsie moment was at the near the end of the film when when I mentioned that the police officer got killed and they were trying to the doctor and lieutenant they realized like okay Black Girl is not here and we're not about to kill, get killed by like these 20 vampires or so on that's in this room. We are heading out, but we're going to have to fight our way out. And the next thing they know, they look over, they look over to the box next to them, and there's a whole bunch of lamps. And these are older looking lamps. Ones that you like light up, put a, you know, light to a candle and so on. But they see these and they're like, throw them. And they're using them like Molotovs where they blow up, like you light them up and it blows up and you got a big ball of fire there. But they're not lit. This is what's so funny about some old school movies. They're not lit. They throw them. And next thing you know, the little area that's 
where you th- they threw him at is on fire, and so is the vampire. And it's so funny because some of them not even close to the vampire, and the next thing you know, it cuts back to them, and they're on fire, and they're running and screaming, and their hands is all up. It's so funny to me. But when it comes down to seeing it, it's just like, yo, that ain't that bad. And that moves into that next portion for me, which is like the their fight scenes. Yo, so funny of how a lot of old school films were back in the day, where one all the onomatopoeia is the sound effects, kapow, boom, chow, and you see them deliberately missing the other actor or actress, and it's still like they're getting hit. You'll see a bruise on them in the next scene or whatever it is. But it's so funny because you see them miss. And not like hard miss, but like miss. It's just something to know. But also, that goes into the fact of the stage makeup or the film, the makeup of the actors and the background actors here. Oh, Lord. This is how you know times have changed. They have changed. The vampires, most of them, besides Blackula, but most of the vampires had uh, white paint all over their face or it was green looking. It was not giving. It was funny to me, but do the best what you can, what you got. And that also goes into the scare tactics and how they would scream and run at the camera or run at the other actor. It's it it was funny to me. But they did the best, but it, it's in the bad and ugly section. It just it wasn't it's not what we're used to. It's not the twenty twenty two top tier, but it's also not like maybe it could have been a little better, but you gotta start somewhere. You do. But they're scare tactics though. <laughs> they would come running at the screen like <laughs> they would come running at the screen with their arms up and frailing. Just like imagine trying to scare like a little child. You try to become as big as you can, get your arms up, move them up and down, like a little maybe a T-Rex or so. It was funny. But altogether. That's some things I had on my good and bad section. I mean, my bad and ugly section. And one last thing I had to note here. Something about old school school films is they're raw and real. Which can be good in a sense because they can be raw and blunt and be funny. Like in the moment in the beginning of the film where the guy that works at the funeral home and does all the embalming and so on. He was talking to the doctor in the beginning and the doctor was asking questions. He was wondering, like, he told them about the bites. He thought the dude that uh, worked at the funeral home thought they were rat bites. He was telling him that he, it took a lot to, you know, cover it up and so on. And he was like, at the end, before the doctor walked up to him, he was like, I, uh, I got you. If you need anything, do- uh, doctor, let me know if you need anything. Uh, if you have any questions, make sure to give me a call, doctor, 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 doctor. And then as soon as doctor left, he was like, man, that's got to be the rudest nigga I ever met. <laughs> and it was just so funny because it was so random. And you don't see nothing like that. Like, just 
side humor. And I don't know if they was purposely trying to be funny, but I think it was. And it was funny. But here's the part where I say it can be good or bad. And sometimes the bad comes in. It's like it's some things they say, like I said, raw, blunt, and just don't give a fuck attitude. But um, it could be offensive. Some of the things they be saying be offensive, especially in today's times. We don't say a lot of different things they said back then. Like, for instance, the word faggot. We don't say that in 2022. And if you do, you definitely, you not friends. We not cool. But that was something that was thrown, thrown around a few times. That, yeah, we, we don't, we not, we don't rock with that word. Nah, it's offensive. Another one is nigger. They will say nigger. We don't say nigger. We change the er to ah. It's nigger. Or not ah, but uh. It's not nigger. It's nigger. So, yeah. We, we change that too because nigger is offensive. Yeah, but that's some things about being raw, blunt, uncut. That can be, you know, ugly and bad that we look at here and yeah that that's what some, some things i had to put on my bad and ugly section and if i had to add one more thing one more thing as my last and final thing was the part where i felt no connection to a lot of the characters and a lot of things sometimes the storyline was unclear i really didn't know how long Blackula was in his coffin and so I really looked it up I didn't know who the people were at the beginning well when people were at uh, Dracula's house I didn't know they were interior decorators until midway into the movie I don't know most of them until like the midway or in or without research that was the only thing the storyline could just use a little bit more clarification and be a bit more concise and there's no strong connection to either blackula or any other characters like you don't know whether you want to root for them be on their side or just be like nah forget you you a villain like nah don't do that don't do that blackula so that was the only last takeaway for them but other than that let's go ahead to was mm -hmm. it a hit or mm -hmm. miss with the public and rfeb's stamp of approval so for the film Blackula just to talk about the typical ratings that it received it received a 5.7 out of 10 on IMBD and a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes I'm not strongly looking at these ratings as much because most of them are done by this is done predominantly by uh, white people. So, and this is an older black film. Like I said, 1972. But outside of that, let's talk about how it may have did with black people in black America. It grossed over $1 million in the making. After, you know, after it was released, it grossed over $1 million in America. And that's what's up. It was one of the top grossing films of the year in 1972. That actually has something to say. And not to mention, I said it mentioned that it, it won a Saturn's Award. 
So it was a popular film in America. It debuted number 24 on variety list of top films. So while it may receive low ratings, sometimes we also judge off of our, you know, our history now with films. We we expect top tier. We expect convenience. We expect the best of the best. And it only gets higher and higher every time we watch a movie. So when we think of old school, though, and we think about the time in the 1970s, I'm sure this movie was very scary compared to now. It's not as scary no more. But it did very, it did great numbers back then. So was it a hit or miss with the public? I will say it was a hit with the public, especially back in the 1970s. Now, ever talking about now, it would go as a miss. But let's talk more of that 1970s. And as we're talking about 1970s for the RFEB of approval, I would give it approval for the 1970s, of course, because it broke down many doors. This was the first black horror film, and it did extremely, very good in numbers. So, but if we're talking about now, and we are talking about now, we can't look too far in the past, we can't look too far in the future, we're talking about the present day now. So, in 2022, if I'm to rate this show, I'm rating off of three qualities, and this is something I'm starting now. But three qualities. Quality, storyline, and connection. All these three categories are out of 10, so the highest points that can be received is 30 points. For quality, I gave it a 5. For storyline, I gave it a 5. and connection, I gave it a 5. So altogether, a 15 out of 30. Now for quality, I thought the movie was pretty okay. Um, the only thing that threw it off for quality was, of course, some of those oopsie moments. And then, like I said, the makeup, it wasn't you know 100%. It could have been a little better. They didn't have to do green or all white on the face. They didn't really have to, but I guess they wanted to add that special effect. But some of those was just kind of funny to me, but it it wasn't top tier for 1970s as I'm looking at. And then for the storyline, it, it got confusing at times. Like I said, it wasn't always clear and concise, but I did like the takeaway of him being the prince him looking for his woman, him finding his woman, him wanting nothing else besides his woman. So that was a good takeaway, and that was a good storyline. And then the connection. It was not a strong connection to the characters, but I did like Prince Moande and Tina and just the main characters, of course. I liked everyone that was a main character and that did a lot, like, even the doctor who was trying to investigate and find Blackula, that was cool. And so was his woman. But from that, though, for my 22 rating, I would not give it a stamp of approval. And it wouldn't be something I would strongly recommend to my friends and family and to the RFB family. But if you are looking for something that's old school and that would give you a good laugh, especially in this spooky season, it would not be a bad try. But it's nothing I would strongly recommend to everyone. Other than that, I hope you enjoy learning and listening and just 
and grasping into black yellow. Ha 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 ha. My name is Original Chris, and I thank you for tuning in to Rooting for Everybody Black, the Black Entertainment Podcast, and I hope y'all have a good one. It's your host, Chris, again, and I thank you for listening to our episode today. Make sure to give us a follow on the current listening platform. You can also rate the show and tap that notification bell so you can always stay in the loop whenever the next episode is posted. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, and that's Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at RFEB Podcast. Appreciate it for kicking it with us, and have a good one.